We now continue with more of The Mark Milton Show with The Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Milton Show with The Smash, broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios, presented by stltaxlawyer.com. Smash, I want to tell you about our new sponsor. Let me ask you this. While I was out, we got a new sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, does, nice, your, does your sump does your sump pump got you in the dumps? If so, if so, Bright House Plumbing can help you with all your plumbing needs from leaky faucets, water heaters, garbage disposals, sump pumps, and more. The prompt and friendly plumbers at Bright House are here to help. Call 636-535-2997 to schedule your appointment. They also do power washing. So if you need power oh, washing good. done around the house, yeah. you know, sometimes I've purchased several of these power washers over the years. They generally don't last very long. Just go out, play, get a reservation, get get, a, get an appointment with Bright House Plumbing. They'll come out, take care of all that power washing so you don't have to deal with it. I used to be a plumber. No, no, you didn't. I did. My my, my dad <laughs> was a plumber. The pipe player, the pipe fitter. <laughs> the pipe, my dad was a plumber and he used to take me. And I used to go in the crawl spaces because he didn't want to go in the crawl spaces uh, anymore. I, mean, I met all the cockroaches, man. That's terrible. Magnificent life. Well, if you don't want to find those cockroaches and need somebody to do exactly, the plumbing, man. plumbers visit, are the most essential. You can visit brighthouseco.com. It's Brighthouse Plumbing, brighthouseco.com here in the St. Louis area. I well, loved we, it. We are very fortunate to have in the studio with us our next guest, Joe Lakin, the best hair in Missouri politics is what he's known as. Yeah. Joe is a <laughs> principal a of. Victory Enterprises, uh, as well as objective media, political consultant, social media, digital marketing extraordinaire, Joe Lakin. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on, Mark. Absolutely. Smash, so this guy yeah. in Missouri is one of the go-to consultants for, for candidates, for causes, really? for, for companies looking to do business. This guy knows in, everybody, man. In Missouri. <laughs> but he's also very in tune with what's going on nationally when yeah. in terms of polling and 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 uh, the presidential race. So I thought we'd have Joe here. That's good. Kind of talk about That's good. what to believe when you look at the national polling. I know that the media loves to talk about Joe Biden leading all these national polls. Um, but really, I mean, tell us, I mean, what does it really boil down to? The national polls, do they really matter? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, Mark. I mean, I, I think two things are, are true. One, uh, polling is hard now, right? I mean, it used to be when I started in, in campaigns about a dozen years ago, uh, you could reach people on a landline. And now, um, you know, we'd get 20% cell phone respondents to get a, a sample of voters that represented the people we're trying to talk to. Well, now you need almost 50%. And a lot of these surveys, you don't realize when you read a poll, you just see the two numbers. I mean, that, a lot of times those are 10, 12, 15, 20-minute surveys getting all that information. So, yeah, who's doing these? Well, that, that's the question. I mean, who gets called call on their cell phone and then talks to somebody they don't know for <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes? And we're, right. we do polling in our company, and I, it's a miracle and, and, and it kind of shocks me to a degree that we can get that many people to respond on a cell phone, whereas I think if you're sitting at your house, it's easier to talk to somebody. I will say the, the one interesting thing is seniors are, are easy easier to poll now because they're just looking for somebody to talk to. Smash? Just a, just smash a little, yeah, smash. smash. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just start calling Smash. <laughs> smash, do you ever take, have you ever taken a poll? I have. Hello, this is Smash. Hello. I have. <laughs> Would you like to spend 20 minutes <laughs> taking a poll? Well, certainly. Would I? I'm that, old and I have nothing else to do. Have you taken any polls, Smash? I took polls a long time ago. <laughs> I never have. I've yeah. never taken. That's why when I hear these polls, I'm like, 
Well, who's taking them? Yeah. yeah. I just, I personally. They took a poll on me at Chesterfield Mall one day. They, a couple of little girls ran up to me and, and asked me political questions. I don't think they do that no more because, you know, you got to be safe sensitive and all that. But I'll never forget the, me and my wife are there and they pulled us over and asked us right in the mall, man. Yeah, well, and that's that's what's happened is as it's gotten harder to get enough completes and get a, a, a sample size that's yeah. appropriate, uh, people try new methods, you know, texting, online, stuff like that. But really, the validity of some of that stuff is, is very much in question and it's expensive. And so I think there's a lot of bad polling out there. And, and I also think... You know, these national polls, everybody kind of fell for this in 2016. We do not elect a president by a popular vote. We elect them through the Electoral College. Right. And so, you know, the national polls can be indicative of trends. But really, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is a poll and, and election day results, obviously, in, in places like Iowa, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Florida, Ohio. And so, you know, I, I think certainly over the last two weeks, we've seen a movement towards President Trump. The media, you know, loves to sort of kick him kick him yeah. uh, when he's up or when he's down and, and say that he's not going to win. But, you know, there's certainly a trend, you know, some people question how much, but certainly a trend towards him at this point. So mm-hmm. when you talk about states, so each state has the electoral votes. So if you win that state, you win all the electoral votes. We saw in 2016, he won states that nobody expected him to win. Yeah. Wisconsin, where Hillary Clinton didn't visit one time. Right. She didn't I go remember. there at all, I which remember. is just sort of incredible. Biden just visited for his first time. I don't know how that happened. Right. It was the first time a Democratic candidate had visited there since 2012. Um, Pennsylvania this is actually Joe Biden's home state. Trump, I think, is le- at least his his team is saying they're leading in the polls in Pennsylvania. Um, what are some of the other ones? Michigan. They've. I mean, do you think Michigan's in play for Trump again? Uh, absolutely. And Michigan has kind of been stubborn for Biden. I mean, that's a place that we sort of thought was out of reach in sixteen, and a lot of times is. But uh, sixteen, he won it. It's sort of sta- stayed pretty close. You know, the interesting thing about this election, unlike a lot, you know, normally it comes down to, remember when George W. Bush was running and then running for re-election, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, as Ohio goes, so goes the nation. And there were just a few. Missouri really, too used yeah, to be. Missouri, yeah, Missouri picked the winner in the presidential from 1952 to 2008 every time wow. except one. Uh, 2008 was the, the year that, that um, broke the, actually my, my business partner, Dave Hegeman, ran the McCain campaign here and <laughs> sort of broke the uh, 50 years of, of trends there. Because McCain won Missouri in 08. He did. And, uh, but Obama won it in 12, didn't he? No, he lost by nine. Oh, McCain, yeah, uh, yeah. Romney won. Yeah, Romney, Romney won, and then you know Trump wins by sixteen. But the interesting thing this year is, you know, the map is huge. You have traditionally Republican states like Texas and Georgia getting a little more competitive. You have places like Pennsylvania, Michigan that are typically uh, fairly safe for Democrats, very competitive, and then even places like Minnesota. I mean, I've seen a bunch of polling out of Minnesota where both the U.S. Senate race and the presidential are within the margin of error, and I think that's a combination of it just being a more traditional Midwest state. And I think all the the violence and the riots and everything in Minneapolis, I can't imagine that's doing Democrats any favors in the suburbs. I'm going to make a bold prediction here. Okay. And Joe knows that I predicted Trump's victory in 16 in mm-hmm. the primary. This mm-hmm. was early on when there was 18, pe- 18 people. I think Trump wins California. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why. I think people are fed up. I think people, you know, you talk about Minnesota being in play. I think people in Minnesota, I mean, that was ground zero for, for the, the, the George Floyd uh, destruction. I mean, the post-George Floyd killing, um, you know, many parts of Minneapolis were absolutely destroyed. I think California with the lockdowns they've imposed. I think, it, it, am I crazy to think that that's a possibility that he could win California? Well, yeah, I mean, I, th- I, think it's, I think it is too far of a reach. But I do think what you're seeing is places, we're doing a, a campaign, statewide campaign for attorney general in the state of Washington, right? Seattle, 
actually defunded the police like they did in Minneapolis. Yeah. And uh, people do not support that movement. I mean, that is so far out of the mainstream. And that's why you see Republicans tagging Democrats with it all over the place. And and honestly, they're, they're stuck with it because of the groups that have historically supported them, Planned Parenthood and all these other groups that um, have, have always supported Democrats or mostly um, have all endorsed the defund the police movement. And so Democrats nice. are getting, you see it here in Missouri, you see it elsewhere getting tagged with it. But I think places like Washington that are a little more competitive, you're going to see closer. And, and honestly, uh, something that's really interesting is, you know, the, the Trump organization has worked very hard in African-American outreach uh, and Hispanic outreach. And there's some really interesting numbers in places like Florida where he's actually doing far better uh, with Hispanics and African-Americans than than Republicans traditionally do. And and so he's really sort of both broken the national mold. You have new states on the board, new states off the board, places like Virginia and Colorado have kind of moved away from us. But uh, he's he's really just sort of broken the system, and and as I learned the hard way in 2016, Milton called it, and I was wrong, and I do this for a living. But uh, my, between my wife and Milton getting it right, um, I still haven't still haven't lived it down. I remember sitting there. So we had just had our son, Frederick, on like July on July 28th, and I think the first debate was on August 6th, which was my birthday, and then. You see, Trump up there was in the lead in the polls, and he was front and center among the 18 candidates. And everything he was saying, I was like, this guy is going to be president because yeah. he was flipping the what's traditional conservative ideas when it comes to war, you know, right. criticizing Bush for the endless wars, yeah. talking about, you know, jobs going overseas. I mean, these are traditionally, an, you know, anti-conservative ideas. You know, generally the Republicans supported free trade and and were, you know, hawkish when it came to wars. And he was turning all that up on, on, its, on its side and I think creating sort of a new future for the Republican Party, really Trump's party at this point. And I think this year is, is a similar thing. I think people think that Biden's a shoe in And again, I think you have a really flawed candidate like they did in 16 with Hillary. Nobody's really excited about him. Yeah. I think you could see a landslide. And like in Florida, socialism is similar to the defund police. You've got people in South Florida who have fled from Cuba and South America, Central America, where they've seen socialist dictatorships destroy their countries, I think you could see him do unbelievably well in those areas. Yeah, it's it's, it's not uh, – socialism in South Florida isn't the uh, fun academic, uh, you know, discussion or bumper sticker that it is in Columbia, Missouri or Iowa City, Iowa right. when you're sitting on a college campus. But, no, I, I agree with that 100%. And, and I think – you know, typically in politics, Labor Day is sort of a reset for the final stretch. I mean, it's sort of the, the last season. And, and I tell people now with the speed of media, the speed of information, there's really a couple seasons left. And I tell people all the time, I, I think the date is October 6th, uh, 2016 was the day that Access Hollywood tape came out. And I'll never forget, I, every client that I work with called and said, you know, well, I guess I'm going back to selling insurance or whatever. Yeah, I'll be <laughs> going right. back to being a tax Yeah, Milton's pointing at himself. I was uh, a he's like, so I guess I'm going back to the law firm, huh? And I said, yep. <laughs> But, you know, it's it's incredible. I mean, things changed in the final 30 days so much. And, and in that in that campaign, you had Access Hollywood in October. You had Comey announced that he's open, reopening the investigation yeah. of Hillary Clinton. And then he announced later he's closing the investigation. And so, I mean, right. those three things happened in the final month. The debate where right after the Access Hollywood tape where everybody thought Trump was done and, and he showed up with Bill Clinton's accusers oh, and man. sat him in the, in the audience at the—I mean— this that was know, in St. Louis that it, last debate yeah, where right. he kind it of was. awkwardly exactly. walked around, kind of stalked that. Hillary, and got, I yeah. it was a very uncomfortable. Yeah. No, I mean there is that you know, Biden would love to run the clock out, and if you told his team that hey, you're going to get to literally stay at your house from winning the primary until Labor Day, mm. 
they would have said, well, there's no chance. I mean, that's exactly what they need. I mean, we we underestimate, you know, we, we pile on candidates uh, when they make mistakes, but the fatigue that sets in living in hotels and on yeah. airplanes and doing 18 hours a day, and especially, I mean, you know, I know Trump and Biden are both older, but the, the fatigue that sets in running a schedule like that makes you so prone to make mistakes. And so Biden's been able to sort of sit there and recharge for the last six months, but he's going to be forced to get out and campaign. They're not going to sit on their heels and make the same mistakes Clinton did, but he's going to make mistakes. I well, mean, but here's the thing about Trump. This is, this is the way I look at it. Like, people know who he is at this point. Absolutely. So yeah. there's nothing that can come out that is going to move the needle for, for people who, I mean, people either hate him, they love him, and then there's the middle. I guess things that, like this week, Woodward, Bob Woodward uh, released his book, and somehow Trump agreed to like 18 hours of interviews with Bob Woodward. And the most damaging thing that's come out so far is this, and the media is running with it. And I, I listened to the recording. I don't really have a problem with it. And basically, Trump in these recordings says, "Yeah, I mean, I I knew it was serious, but I felt like I had to portray calm and and and, and you know composure to the public and make you know reassure them, which I think most people want their leaders to do. But now you see Schumer came out yesterday or this week and said, you know, Donald Trump lied. People died saying he downplayed it, knowing yeah. it was more serious than it was. And I don't." I mean, his actions speak louder than words. He cut off travel from from China when Joe Biden, yeah. you know, criticized him for it. So, regardless of what Trump said, I mean, I think he took it very seriously from the beginning, and his actions speak louder than words. And I just, I mean, I want to get your take. Like, does this kind of stuff, like the Woodward book, is it going to change anything? No, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, the 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 hits, the people who think that the president is is not a traditional president, not a serious president, that he plays it fast and loose. That is all baked into the cake. The only person who lacks definition that will get more definition down the stretch is Joe Biden. And, and Kamala Harris. Yeah, absolutely. You and, don't hear and, as much about her in, right now. No, I mean, because they, they literally have not had to campaign. And, and you know, I, I think you, you look at you know some of their interviews over the last week. Biden, I think, came out against the mask mandate, and she did too, and said, well, it would be more of a standard than a mandate. Well, they've been sitting back criticizing Trump for six months. But when you have to get out and you have yeah. to answer reporters' questions and you're That's fatigued exactly right. and you're, you're – these are real people running real campaigns, and so they will make mistakes. And so, no, look, this thing is is far from over. It is going to be a wild uh, 60 days. And, no, I, I think this thing is – I think this thing is going to be very close. Come down to the wire. You know, forget the national polls. Keep an eye on places like Wisconsin, uh, Iowa. I was looking at some polling in Iowa, and, and you know, things are fairly steady there. I well, and it's funny because, like, Joe Biden, I did see a clip of him. It was either in Wisconsin or Michigan talking about bringing jobs back to America. And I saw a Trump at a Trump surrogate said, that's like setting a place on fire and then coming at coming back and putting it out and claiming victory. Because yeah. for 40 years, <laughs> Joe Biden analogy. has been a part of this movement <clears throat> towards China, you know, shipping jobs, shipping yeah. manufacturing to China. And now for him to try to take the mantle of, oh, I'm going to bring American jobs back to the U.S., when that was clearly Trump's signature issue in yeah. 16 and now again in 2020. I mean, I just don't see who can fall for that. And I, that's where I go back to. I don't think the middle middle of the road independent voter is going to fall for Joe Biden acting like he's some so, sort of hero for the middle class and that he hasn't been around for 40 years and failed to address all the issues that now he's saying, oh, I'm the savior. I can, I can solve these. One of the reasons that uh, people fall for this is because uh, broadcast term, they listen with half an ear. And that means they're not listening in totality. They're just capturing a little grasp over here. So they're not getting the full picture, not getting the full story. And then, boom, when it's voting time, they think they know who they're voting for, but they don't really know who they're yeah. voting for. Talking about low, low 
low what they call that low information voting there, i mean that's a big problem in america uh-huh. people voting without really knowing the issues and knowing the candidates mail-in voting this is something that you know is happening i think pretty soon people are already going to be a getting... mail truck the other day that truck with all the mail dumped in glendale california no no this truck a budget rental truck dumps all this mail but not in a dumpster in a parking lot in glendale california takes off and they go and look at the mail and it's all u.s mail unopened mail that could have been nobody could have been votes exactly right so So, that's that's why they're saying they don't want mail-in voting. well there's yeah there's two issues there's i think the reliability of of mail-in voting and sort of the practical practicality of well, when do you have to mail your ballot in by? At yeah. what point does it have to be counted by? There's those, issues. and then there's the outright fraud where people, you know, ballot harvesting where people. Sure. It happened in North Carolina two years ago That's that right. the one of the camp one of the campaigns went around to an area where they knew was going to be a, a hard area for them to win, mm-hmm. and basically went to the door and said, "Oh, uh, did you receive a mail-in ballot? Oh, yes." Uh, there was an error with that. We need to collect that from you. Oh, here you go. Smash really? the doors. <laughs> oh, you need my ballot? You need my ballot? Oh, here you go. But they did that on a pretty big wow. level. And actually, there was a you know an indictment over that. So yeah. I mean, where do you see the mail-in voting uh, ending up? Will it have an impact? Yeah, yeah, no, it has a big impact. And as a, you know, sort of a practitioner of politics, I sort of hate it because, you know, we're, we're, we build campaigns on a, a schedule built to Election Day. And now it's mm-hmm. really forced us in a lot of places to move schedules up. And so you kind of have this situation where in some states you'll have 60, 70 percent of votes are cast two weeks out. And so what and people are in voting the final on different two- information. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I don't like about that, it. Exactly. I, I agree with that. And, and so, you know, I, look, I believe there are ways to improve. Uh, ballot access. There's ways to do, you know, a state like Iowa has always had a, a early absentee vote by mail program. But, but then you request it. You request it. And that's, so that's, that's one of the keys. And, and you have this, you have the situation right now in Iowa that's, that's become a big fight where um, the local, they call them auditors in Iowa, like Missouri County clerks that are election officials, they pre-filled the information, including the, the, um, including the, uh, the voters, uh, voter ID number. And so when they send that out, they don't have to do anything. They just return it to get the ballot. Well, you know, that is not allowed under law. But what happens is if you do, I, I tell Republicans all the time when they're talking about election laws is make uh, make sure the rules are, are abundantly clear. As long as they're clear and they're consistent, what what happens, though, is you have a situation where these our, our elections in America are very decentralized. There's no federal election authority. They're all elections are handled at the state level. And, and really, at the state level, they're just collecting local information. They're not tabulating votes. They're really just supporting local election officials. So if you don't have clear rules, then people just make them up at the local level. Right. And so, you know, and, and honestly, right. you saw and, and, you know, I don't really begrudge anybody for this. I think people are doing their best. But you saw in St. Louis County uh, in, in the primary, they were trying to let people know that they could vote absentee. Uh, and so they sent out a bunch of absentee ballot request forms. Well, that hadn't been done before, but it wasn't really said to be illegal or not legal. And so that's why you kind of have to have the law say exactly what is allowable and what is not allowable. Otherwise, you have you know every jurisdiction. Um, and, and we saw this you know as far back as 2000 when the St. Louis City kept the uh, kept the polls open for hours, and then the judge said they were allowed to do. It. You know, it is it is really touchy. Everybody is obviously very. Uh, very concerned about it and takes it very seriously. But, you know, for me, it's just like, tell us what the rules are and then we can operate within them. Right. Uh, but what really sort of hacks me off and I think opens people to trouble is when you just leave this to, to local politicians to decide, you know, 
interpret the law however you want. Right. No, I agree with you on that. Um, so let's talk. We've talked nationally. I mean, here in Missouri, I mean, we've got a bunch of statewide elections. Missouri, like you said, has really been a Republican stronghold. I mean, do you, where, where do you see the uh, the general election headed as far as the different statewide races? Yeah, I mean, if you, you go back, you know, the last couple president or last three presidential elections, uh, McCain wins by, you know, 1,500, 3,000 votes, you know, just a few thousand votes. Romney wins, I believe, by nine. And then uh, Trump wins by 19. And what happened Percentage, was— Percentage, 19, 19, nine, yeah. 19%. Yeah, huge, huge margin. Yeah. And what happened in 08 is Republicans only won one statewide. In uh, 12, they only won one statewide. But then in uh, 16, we won them all. And the only uh, remaining statewide Democrat is, is Nicole Galloway, who's running yeah. for governor. Who was appointed. She wasn't actually elected. Co- correct. She was appointed um, uh, back in, I guess, 2015. Um, so, you know, look, these down ballots tend to follow the top of the ticket, uh, pretty closely. And in, in 16, you saw most of the statewide's got 19, 18, 17%. A couple races got tighter than that where there were well-funded Democrats like Jason Kander, uh, and Chris Coster. But look, I, I think Missouri is very much trending to be a Republican state. You see places like, you know, South St. Louis County, Jefferson County, areas like that, that used to be very strong union Democrat households. Uh, they have moved, uh, very Republican. Back in 2010, we didn't hold any state uh, legislative seats in Jefferson County. We hold them all now and and have for four years. So what you've really seen is a realignment. Places like St. Louis County get tougher for Republicans. Places like Jefferson County, Clay County over on the western side of the state where uh, Liberty, just north of um, Kansas City, uh, have become more Republican. So and really a lot of this is both an Obama and Trump realignment as as voters have sort of uh, changed preferences depending on where they are. But look, I think you see a situation this year where Republicans sweep in Missouri. I think Trump wins by double digits. You'll see polling that'll have it in single digits, have it in double digits. But but again, you didn't, in, in 16, you know, people always think, you know, when there's this big wave that you see the wave, you don't really see the wave until the wave happens and it's in its past. And so- um, Well, and Hillary didn't spend a dime in Missouri either. No. Which didn't help the down no, ballot. No, I mean, the, the, the thing she did, which is just sort of- complete malpractice in hindsight she she sent a bunch of money to state candidates like chris coster in missouri to try to get them elected because they thought they were going to win by so much they were handing out money to non-competitive i mean total total malpractice they you know just took their eye off the ball um but yeah that that was a malpractice oh for sure i mean they didn't get busted big on that well no no i I mean just political malpractice in, in terms of she she doesn't win and she's handing out money to yeah. people. Money other, she could have used to for herself. Other states, yeah, that she lost. Her, buy a plane right. ticket to Wisconsin and actually talk <laughs> to the voters there. But they just they just didn't see it. Yeah, you know. So you you, just, you don't see this stuff to a degree until until it's happened. So let's talk a little bit about your business. Uh, so Victory Enterprises, you know, does all kinds of things for candidates and, and their committees. Uh, Objective Media is is more focused on the digital marketing piece. Tell us about, you know, what you do for your clients and, and, and you know, how, how your experience in politics relates to, you know, sort of helping corporate clients. I like that name. Well, thank you. Victory. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So Loser, loser Enterprises. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. but I'm saying it, it wouldn't really taken. go very well. It, it signifies that you have something that uh, is about to uplift you. And yeah. that's you, yeah. Joe. So, so, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, um, you know, as, as sort of as I talked about, national polls don't matter and state polls matter in a presidential. Same thing is kind of true to what we do. You know, statewide races aren't statewide races. They're they're an effort to target the 
15, 20% in the middle. And so our job, especially in general elections and especially in presidential general elections, is to go out and find those voters. We also refer to them as the sinners, the saints, and the savables. Uh, you know, you don't want to spend a bunch of time on the sinners you never get. You don't want to spend a bunch of time on the uh, the saints that saints. you're always going to get. And you want to yeah. spend all your time focusing on saving the middle. And so that's what we do. And, and we use, uh, you know, through Victory Enterprises and Objective Media, uh, use a lot of digital media to, to model voters, figure out who the persuadable voters are, what they care about, and, and, and target them. And that's really, you know, people think a lot about politics sort of in the, you know, what's in the press. But really behind it, there's, there's quite a bit of science in terms of uh, targeting the right people, um, making sure you're talking to them, and that you're talking to them about the issues they care about. I'm just looking at a young man like you, and I'm thinking to myself, man, this dude knows all kinds of stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, did you ever have a dating life or anything? I mean, you are like you're deep, you're sub submersed into this stuff, man. What kind of like human being are you? <laughs> He's happily married. I, I I am happily married. Um, yeah, you, you know, are so deep in this stuff. You're, it's amazing to watch you because you're just rolling on it, and it's kind of a sight of sorts. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. I I grew up in I grew up in Iowa, and uh, I had a college professor once say that you know people from Iowa. Uh, it's sort of the the uh, Scandinavian influence, but they you know the service mind and 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 he used to say you know some somebody from Iowa's favorite day is the day they get jury duty you know it's it's kind of one of those things we we right. you know we gravitate towards it we're used to yeah. seeing you know I was at my my grandma's uh, uh, senior living facility yeah. uh, a couple of years ago and the U.S. senator and the speaker of the house are there just talking to people you run into the U.S. senator at Village Inn for breakfast I mean uh -huh. it's it's a state that's just immersed in politics and yeah. so I grew up. Uh, you know, I didn't have elected officials or, or activists in my family, but you know, arguing about politics over the dinner table in Iowa was sort of the uh, sort of the sport of choice. Well, I give uh, Joe a lot of grief. So Joe ha ha uh, handled my campaign for state rep. <laughs> yeah, failed campaign. I lost. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm a, I should be part of the loser enterprises, but he's he's obviously done better for a lot of other people. But well, you can only do so much. <laughs> Very valid. You gotta, have a, you gotta have a strong <laughs> candidate. <laughs> I did the you best I be. could. Trump did not have coattails in the Kirkwood, Glendale, Webster Groves area. No. Is that a fair statement? No, and and Milton loved him and liked to tell everybody about it, which wasn't which wasn't exactly the, the <laughs> strategy we recommend. No, why yeah. not? <laughs> yeah. Yelling at people at the doors is not a good way to get elected. Oh, so that's funny. Well, Joe, we appreciate you being here. It's been a very informative, thoughtful discussion. We appreciate it. I love that he calls you Milton, man. He just Milton. Like, yeah. Milton, Milton, you know? Milton, whatever you, like, whatever you want. Like Hamilton, you know, the, the play. You are Milton. It's like the Milton play. from The Office. Yes. No, no, not The Office. Office Space, the Office movie. Space. It's not yeah. a very flattering reference. But <laughs> anyway, you're listening to The Mark Milton Show with the Smash Joe Lakin from Victor Enterprises, Objective Media. We appreciate you being here. Uh, if you need a new look at your auto insurance, yes. Smash, maybe you're, yeah. you're, you know, you're overpaying with your internet insurance on, provider. On occasion, I do. You need to give Kevin Wingenbach State Farm a call. Kevin yeah. can take a look at your auto policy, your home policy, and even give you an assessment on your life insurance policies to see if you're appropriately covered. I encourage you to give Kevin a call. Again, it's Kevin Wingenbach State Farm. You can find him at SoCoInsurance.com. Again, it's SoCoInsurance.com. This is the Mark Milton Show with the Smash, broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios and presented by STLTaxLawyer.com.